Hi, and welcome to the Making Our Way podcast. This week, our guest is Jesse from Shinobi Tree, and he tells us all about his nightstands, end tables, and a new chair project. Thanks for listening. Hey, guys. Good to see you. What it do? Hey, hey. What's been going on, Dean? Uh, I actually had kind of a productive weekend. It's funny. There's sometimes where on Saturday, I'm like, oh, my God, what am I going to talk about on the podcast? I haven't done anything. Right. And I came back here. We did our uh, Zoom call Saturday night, and I cleaned one half of my workshop. And then I came out here Sunday morning. I cleaned the other half. And it was so funny. I went from weeks and weeks of not wanting to do anything out here to when you walk into a clean workshop. I was like, oh, I can do all the things. And so uh, I had a few little projects I knocked out, one of which was uh, I made a camera strap for a coworker of mine. She had asked for a leather strap to um, for a camera, and I was going to go to Clayton's and, and sew one. Well, while I'm cleaning, I had this like leather scraps bag that's got extra uh, straps and belts and buckles and just ins and outs and things that I've reclaimed over the past. And I was looking at this one. It was a strap off of a duffel bag, really long but really pretty, pretty, uh, like a light brown leather. Hmm. And I went, oh my God, all I have to do, so picture like a belt with a buckle and then holes on the other end. I'm like, Mm -hmm. I just have to cut this in half, put clips on the two new raw ends, and then the buckle in whole side, the the two, the old ends, now that's the adjustments to make it shorter or longer. And so I just cut that belt in half. I put some... um, I put some clips on it, put a rivet in, stitched it and glued it. And then I had one hole that was like from a decorative piece. I put a D-ring on that, riveted into that hole with a D-ring. So if they want to hang something or I don't know, it's always nice to have more attachment points. And then I had a pad from an old uh, briefcase that I had bought years ago, put the pad on there. And then uh, I put another loop. I sewed another loop on to put the tail as you're shortening the strap. And I laser engraved my logo on it. I was like, it was an hour project and it came out really good. I thought, wow, uh, I thought it came out really, really good. I, of course, didn't take any pictures of it because that's my, I MO. was just thinking, I'm like, yeah, wait I a minute, didn't, I, I didn't post progress. I didn't do anything. Uh, so I did that. And then the other thing I did was, um, I feel so bad, but I can't leave anything alone. Uh, Emmett, uh, we got the treescapes from Emmett, the mini treescapes from high yeah. caliber camp last year. And I was being, I thought I was being very considerate. I had a display at my desk that had a a wooden post to put watches on. So when you're working, you're not scratching your watch on your desk. You can take it off, set it on this holder. And I had replaced that post with image treescape, but it was just too big. And so the reality is I just wasn't using it to hold my watch. But I got a new watch recently, and I wanted to start taking it off and putting it on this post when I was typing. And I said, I think I just got to trim this bastard up. And so I put it on the wood lathe and i got it as small as i could get it and it was fine in the like meat of it but the problem the way he designed it to where it's like tiered i was Mm -hmm. clipping some of the lower trees trying to get the higher elevations trimmed and so i ended up going over to the house grinder and i said you know what i'm just going to go super organic instead of perfectly round anywhere that there's not a tree i'm just going to sand the shit out of this and try to get (laughs) because what happens is the watch band isn't circular it's oval because of the clasp this has one of those like deployment class so it's kind of so actually sanding it on there got it to where the watch would slip over then i put it back on the router and added some or i'm not the router on the lathe the lathe and got some detail back how emmett kind of had it and uh, i think it came out pretty nifty and i I put it on there and it's been doing the job for sure so 
That's two cool. fun little projects. Are you uh like when Kristen gets rid of like purses and stuff? Are you like oh, cutting yeah. every yeah, me too. Yeah. As a matter of fact, the other project <laughs> I'm working on right now is my maker swap item for Maker Camp. And I went to just do raw materials and everything. And I'm like, that's not me though. That's not it's supposed to be something for me. My thing is modify everything. My thing's modify everything for the last two nights. I've been watching old Fast and Furious movies with a seam ripper and old tool bags. So the bags that all your battery tools come in and I'm mm. ripping those and I'm going to use the zippers from those, the nylon from those, as much fabric as I can. I'll still have to use some raw materials, but I, I've got a design in my head and I'm going to try to use as much reclaimed material as I can. Um, I had said I wanted to do it like a community project. Uh, two things I have coming. I've secured one of those uh, remove before making lanyard. Uh, key things that uh, Griffin Griff. makes and that's on its way. That'll be the zipper pool will be one of those. And then I won a exacto in the dead rise raffle for his uh, deal from Ethan, a leather wrapped exacto. I already have an exacto. So I asked him if instead would he do two leather wraps that I'll run some webbing through to be the handles for the bag. So oh, it'll nice. be a bag for me, but you'll have an Ethan Carter handle thing. We've got the, the Griffin makes, and if I can think of some other things I need soon in the next two weeks, I may reach out to a few other people in the community to see if they want to help me out with the bag. That's cool. That's a great idea. All right. What have y'all been up to? Christy? Uh, well, let's see. Uh, since last time we chatted, I stopped at Springfield Leather on my way home. And oh, my Jesus, I need I need like I need like protection when i go in there like, i was gonna ask you like because it would be so dangerous for oh, me oh is it God. like a do you treat it like it's a casino like you walk in you're like here's a hundred dollars this is it yeah right i had a list i had a very specific list of exactly what i was getting yeah and, and only what i was getting unicorn ostrich leather wasn't on there <laughs> Oh, and they had so much, so much leather for sale. Like that's what would kill me. Yeah, out front of their deal, and I was just like, "But I'm like, now, Christy, you have more leather here at the house than I've got projects." Yep, send me some leather so, for my bag project. Let me know what you want. Twisted I got all clients. kinds. Okay, there yeah. you go. I got all kinds. Done. Um, so I'm I mainly was there for hardware because the the boot bag that I'm working on, I I needed the the D rings and the latches and the you know those kind of things uh, for that. And then I also picked up Marvin wanted um, a strip for a belt and hardware, and then I want to um, make another belt for myself as well. So I think I did pretty good as far as how much stuff I left there with. I was there probably, I know I was there for sure an hour. You cannot walk in and out of that place in less than an hour. I mean, it's, it's so much bigger. Oh than, my God. It's I, so like, fantastic. When you were walking up to the building. I was like, Whoa, that's a big store. When they had yeah. all the shit outside, I was like, Oh yeah. my God, look at how much stuff is outside. Who right. is yeah. carrying all that outside? How yeah, much are they know. paying someone to carry this stuff outside? Yeah. I mean, it was just, it was, they, and they have every different type. I mean, like every animal, every, I mean, it's every color, every shade, every thickness, every, every, everything. And then every bit of hardware. And anyway, this is not meant to be a Springfield leather company <laughs> commercial, but if somebody is within any reasonable driving distance, it's, really a fantastic shop to walk through and they've got a lot of finished projects you know i mean just 
purses that are done, bags that are done, some that you can buy or whatever. And then there was a guy there uh, who was over in the belt section and he was in um, like military fatigues or whatever. And I think he was looking to make a belt for maybe a girlfriend or a wife or something. And he was on the phone with somebody and it kind of made me chuckle a little bit. I wish I would have had like somebody to be like, here, call Dean or Austin and get this belt. I, I was not quick enough for that because I'm telling you, this guy was going to spend just because he wasn't sure what he was doing and he had no tools whatsoever. I'm thinking, yeah, buddy, you'd have been better off by, you know, finding a maker to actually mm -hmm. make it rather than making it in himself. Man, that belt project is one of the most rewarding. I wear a belt I made every day. Mm -hmm. Every yeah. day I wear a belt I made. The hardest part is just finding the, sh if you want to get them already pre-cut and everything, getting mm -hmm. them in the right size. They're always sold out, I feel like. But that Wicked and Craig, throw a buckle on it, little skiving, little burnishing. Boom, mm -hmm. you've got a belt. It's it's awesome. Plus yeah, I want to do it, some tooling on mine. It's such a good quality like when you're working yeah. with it you're like this is so much better than the cheap import oh, stuff yeah. that you get you know yeah 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 uh but that was friday and then uh jacob other dog design was in town oh that's right so uh yeah so we went to uh northwest arkansas has crystal bridges museum mm -hmm. art museum and man i could just spend a day there anytime there's a lot of outside stuff the weather was really yucky oh jacob but, was uh, with y'all at the museum yeah. I missed that. Mm -hmm. Whenever you sent me the statues of the Greyhounds, I missed that it was Jacob that was with y'all. Yeah, sorry. I don't know that I included. I was like, I oh, they must that... be one of Marvin's kids. I don't I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know who this Jacob is. Ugh. I can't believe that Arkansas has so much meth. They're building bridges out of it. <laughs> That's the kind of crystals you're talking about, right? Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> that took me way too long to get that joke. I got it now. <laughs> That took me a little too long to get that joke. Uh, and there, I mean, there's there's some there's some interesting um, there's some quality museums in the northwest Arkansas that? area. Is that uh, Bentonville or Bentonville. Rogers or okay, Fayetteville? So that's it's all kind of together. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's Walmart, Walmart land. land. Yeah. Yes. My grandma had a house. Walmart in money. Calico that's, Rock. I think that's a little further west. Yeah. East. East. I think it's a little further so, east. Yeah. Wow, yeah, it sounds like a productive weekend. Yeah, we really had a good time. Yep, indeed. What have you been up to, Austin? Um, so you know what I've been doing a bunch, and it drives me insane is negotiating sponsorships. <laughs> oh, yeah, and I get, I'm like down for, for it. Paul Paul Ridge. No, well, uh, he needs to be letting me do it, but um, no, for me, and I, I'm down to negotiate sponsorships for two days. And if it takes you longer than two days to figure out what the hell you want, I'm done with it. Like I'm done, especially right. because most of these people, you know, are in China. And so I'm having to wait 12 hours for a response and it drags out and I'm, and, uh, well, actually let me stop myself before I go on a, a, an angry rant, a, a G rant. <laughs> but, um, anyways, so I've been doing that and, uh, and then I, I've actually been getting quite a few pin sales, which has been great because this oh, awesome. is not wow. the, this it's is not August. the time. Yeah, yeah, it's not the time of year where I'm normally getting a bunch of sales. So um, that's been keeping me more busy than I expected, uh, which is great. And then uh, I've been really like, it's funny because you, I th you know, it might have been inspired by you with going to Springfield Leather. 
I've just been looking at all my leather up in the rafters and I'm like, I should really pull that down and just, just do some leather project. Just let's knock one Mm -hmm. out. And, uh, and I really want to make myself a, uh, a a tricorn hat, like the three point hat. I just want to make one, um, just to have, not even to wear just like, you know, just for my only fans with feathers and stuff like a pirate. (laughs) But besides that, you know, (laughs) have you been doing any of the pins with the laser? Any oh. new designs? Uh, I've been prepping designs to be turned into art for because you have to end up you got to do your art a certain size so it wraps correctly. Sure, and um, oh. it's a little finicky to to try to get it to where it meets. And you know, so like say, say you were doing like uh, a line that went all the way around. I'm yeah. sure there's people who are more skilled than me at doing this, but. It's, to make sure it lands in the right spot is a little tricky because shells, uh, 308 shells are actually tapered. Mm-hmm. So it gives you a little bit of trouble. Um, but I'm, I'm working on it. Just more. I noticed uh, you've got a custom t-shirt on there. Yeah. Got the, uh, Papa Ridge homestead. This was our first test print. Um, we, we got two colors and so we're doing that. That's the other thing I've been doing is I am almost ready to launch all my designs on Amazon. Nice. Um, that has been a learning curve and it, it turned, I have so many old designs that I'm trying to bring back that, and you have to every single shirt. If you change the color of the screen print, you have to do a whole new page for it. It's, it's kind of clunky to be honest, but oh wow, yeah. Cause so like that art is different than the next art. That's a different color. And, and so you end up having to do so much work, and then, you know, putting new titles, new descriptions, new, you know, everything. And uh, it's it's a uh, it's more work than I was expecting. That's for sure. But hopefully it pays off in the end, you know, and I actually sell at least a few of them. Yeah. So like each different style shirt is also so different color, different style shirt, but not different size, right? Not sizes, sizes, okay. are, sizes and colors of the shirt are all on one. Uh, the only thing that changes is the artwork and um, not just the artwork, but then you you can select like standard premium shirt, tank top, long sleeve, all that jazz. Oh, so okay. I've done 600 designs. Wow. Uh, yeah. Is it I mean, like single color, two colors, or if you have a full color picture, none of that matters. As many as you want. Um, the only issue that I come across is that you're limited on print location. So it's basically just front chest or back. There's no sleeves. There's no, like, you can't go up by the collar at all. I think they're just limited on where the printer can print. Yeah. Um, so it's a little limited on that. And the other thing that they're limited on is they don't do hats. And so that I wish that was, that's one thing I wish they did do was hats, but maybe in the future. I wish I could go back in time in 2020 and buy a hat embroidery machine and done that instead of stamps. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's no reason you can't do it in 2023. Yeah. I don't have enough time. I'm fat. <laughs> We'd like to take a minute and thank the folks over at Patreon who help us out. If you'd like to join over there, patreon.com making our way podcast. And each week we have a little extra content that we post there. Um, on our top tier, we've got Justin from Bear Maked, Marcel Este, uh, Marion Ward from Creative Ward Gallery, Ozark Spirit, Scott Oram from Daddy Yourself DIY, and Vincent Ferrari from Digitally Creative. This week, our guest is Jesse Hale from Shinobi Tree. How's it going, Jesse? All right. How are you guys? 
Good, man. Why don't you tell our listeners just a little bit about yourself, who you are, and what it is that you make? Uh, well, my name's Jesse. Uh, I'm a hobby woodworker, hobby furniture maker, hobby designer, um, instrument electrician during the day at Philip Morris. And I got a wife and two kids. One's all- grown. One's grown. <laughs> yeah. Well, once you jump in your page, you've got pinned right across the top some nightstand designs. And since that's the only piece of furniture in my bedroom is one nightstand, uh, I'd love to hear about, you know, why nightstands and what goes into your design process when you're making these beautiful pieces. Uh, each time it's different. Uh, I don't really have a design process and I don't really have like a specific inspirational thing. Like I know a lot of people say they're inspired by architecture or nature. For me, it's just shapes or details. And uh, like a lot of times I'll see a detail I like and I'll go into CAD and start working from that detail because that detail inspired me. And by the end of it, that detail is not even in there anymore. So really, I guess the design process for me is just one shape inspires me. And then I fumble around until I end up with something I like. So you go into CAD. Is, are you using that just strictly for design or are you a CNC guy? What's your relationship with CAD? Well, I wouldn't call myself a CNC guy because all I've really done is make templates. And that's specifically what I got my CNC for was just to make templates. Cool. Because at the time, I still had some of that purist, you know, dumb idea that I needed to do something by hand. But uh, that's going to change in the future. Yeah, those machines are nice. <laughs> so you churn out some templates out of MDF, and that's how you're able to replicate legs and sides and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, I take the simple sketch from CAD and put it in the CNC, make my templates, and that's that's the beginning of all my projects. I know you said you weren't necessarily inspired by architecture, but if you had to label your aesthetic, is there a kind? I mean, this is yes. maybe a little modern. What, do you, what would you call yourself? Star Wars. Star Wars. I got it. I see it actually. Now that you say it, I yeah. see it. Uh, it. It's gone a little more organic looking than I wanted. But uh, for people that have seen just my renders, they would know what I'm talking about. Most of my designs get really Star Wars looking. And it's not that I'm inspired solely by Star Wars. It's just that's what ends up coming out. But the ones I ended up making uh, usually end up being the more organic looking ones. You have this one really cool pair that's highlighted throughout your page. They almost have like an A design, one straight leg, one swooping leg. What was the inspiration behind those and how did that come together? (laughs) So I would love to say that I was hanging out under that bridge and got inspired by the arches of the sports. But uh, I am not a cool hipster <laughs> so really what happened was I was practicing curves and fusion and anybody that's in the use fusion knows the curves are kind of hard. So I was practicing my curves and I accidentally made the shape of the arch in one of those legs and I liked it. So I ended up designing everything based on that accidental shape I made practicing curves. And then after that, I was walking under that bridge and said, hey, that looks like my tables. (laughs) (laughs) 
So being that the pair is inverse of one another, you know, the straight leg is on the right on one, the left on the other. Is this kind of a his and her set where you intend them to be on one side? Is this like yes. a roll of toilet paper? It's only over the top, never under the bottom. Well, no, I, I intended what in my mind, I intended them to be on either side of a sofa. Okay. Yeah. And to yeah. kind of, kind of, you know, push the sofa, you know, not push it, but kind of. No, I see it. Together just say it. Like yeah. That. The arms yeah. of the sofa. I can see that curve. And what material are these nightstands made of? Are these end tables? I guess now I should be calling them. Those are actually end tables. Um, and I call everything nightstand end table. I, I think the only real difference in my head is the height. <laughs> but yeah. uh, those are solid appeal. I mean, I will say if you sleep on the couch enough, every end table is a nightstand, right? <laughs> So working with a material like that, you know, that's not a very common wood. You're not picking that up at Home Depot. Uh, you have a wood store you kind of go to? Actually, I found all that at Rock. Rockler. We had a Rockler open up in Richmond, and it was funny. I went in there, and uh, they had just opened up, and that was some of the most beautiful ribbon stripes affiliate I've, I had ever seen. And so I bought a bunch of it, and I needed one more piece. And I was pretty far along in the project, so I go back. And none of it looked like that. So I realized that they brought in a bunch of really good lumber right yeah, when they opened up. Hooky. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what a tip. So, guys, if they're opening a rockler around you, buy them Go, out week one. They're going to have really good lumber. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's a good tip. So, an interesting thing building your know, art level pieces like this out of high end hardwoods, uh, you have to kind of pay attention to the grain and the way that it all flows. Does it hurt your heart to have in cuts that you just can't use? Are you a guy that saves every pin blank size piece of wood? I save everything, but I also cut out all kinds of stuff. When I, I spend so much time on grain and I hate it. I wish that I, I, I wish that I didn't know anything about it because I spend so much time, waste so much time trying to get the right grain. And it, it's such a pain. <laughs> What are some of the joinery techniques you use to add, you know, the legs to the top and then to pin the drawers together? Um, is it all different stuff or do you have kind of a go-to method? Well, the legs to the top, um, I was worried about that being a miter joint because for one thing, it's spilling. I think it would snap easy that way. But uh, so what I did was I ran a bunch of dowels. Well, not a bunch, but two or three dowels through each and, and then just cut them flush. And then I dominoed them together, the miters together, like you would a box. Okay. Yeah. So I did the dowels because I was worried about that long grain miter snapping, which and I it, probably never would. <laughs> what about the drawers? How are, how are those assembled? The drawers are just uh, rebates and dowels. I, I don't ever really do anything fancy with drawers. I, I probably will now because I got a panel router and it'd be super easy and quick, but I never hand cut dovetails or anything like that it's only woodworkers that like that anyways <laughs> yeah yeah my wife never complained about the no the my wife doesn't it. know what any of that is she sees the cutoff down she's like "Ooh, that's fancy <laughs> you've got another <laughs> pair of tables uh, i think you call them walnut these are nightstands is what you've called them. that's your words not mine they're taller okay <laughs> so let's let's talk about these walnut nightstands these are kind of trippy looking what was the design inspiration behind them all right, so those were before I knew how to use CAD. Mm -hmm. And those were just drawn on MDF. And 
they started out with just the bottom section uh, before they turn in. They were going to be end tables, so they were going to stop kind of where they turned in. And uh, I was sitting there and I took one of the pieces and flipped it up and was like, well, that looks kind of cool. And so those were just kind of uh, designed on the fly. And the problem that I ended up with in those, the thing that I'm still not satisfied with is the indention in the drawer fronts. I don't think that goes with the design. I don't think it flows right, but I had already done the drawer pulls on top and I knew that I needed something indented in the front, but that was the only thing I could do without cutting the drawer pulls off again. But I, I probably should have just cut the drawer pulls off because, and just glued them back on because I have been miserable about it ever since. <laughs> yeah. And that's one of those things only the creator notices. Yeah. Um, I'm a big fan of how it has the top and then there's kind of like a secondary shelf underneath you. Know, what was the inspiration? Why did you do that design instead of just a top on top of two drawers? Uh, I don't know. It just looked cool. <laughs> like the dowels going across my, I, I told my wife about that idea and she's like, no, that sounds weird. And I'm like, I don't know. I think it's pretty neat. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when you said star Wars inspired, it was this piece I immediately thought about. Because it looks almost like a rocket ship or Art Deco um, with the dowels. It, it, and it definitely has a more Art Deco look to it, yeah. You have one more table here. It's a cherry side table. Um, you want to talk about that one a little bit? Now, that one looks like a droid to me. That's a wooden droid. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so you've got really interesting legs on this. It's almost like you made two shorter legs and then stacked them inverted on top of each other. What That's was pretty design? much exactly what I did. What was the inspiration behind that? How'd you think of something like that? Honestly, I don't remember how I came up with that one. <laughs> Do you drink a lot uh, when you're woodworking? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, so that one was kind of weird, though. Like that one went through like nine different changes before I ended up there. So I really don't know where I started when I I, I, I did start with. A very, I think I had like this orb where they meet in the middle. I call it an orb. It was just, a, you know, like an octagon wooden piece. But it had it started out. It had this orb thing in the middle. And I, I thought that was cool. And then eventually uh, that was tossed out. And I just ended up with the two stacked layered legs like that. And then is the whole thing cherry? Yeah, that's all solid cherry. Except for all the drawers. The drawers are all made one. Okay, mm. wow. Yeah, you really go all out. Um, now, the, the walnut selection. ones, those ones are plywood uh, boxes. Okay, with a veneer? Uh, no, it's just straight up walnut ply. Oh, on the um, oh, walnut ply. Okay, yeah, cool. For the boxes, everything else is hardwood, but the boxes are plywood. If I had to press you, why do you think you're drawn to making tables? I don't know. Um I want to make, I want to design other things. It's just that when I try and design other things, I, now I, I had made, there is one other thing on my page. If you look, there's a, um, a bench and that one is the only non end table. <laughs> and I guess being short, I, I thought that was a table. So that's a I, bench. No, a lot of people think it's a table. It's actually a bench. All right. Let's talk about this oh. bench. Another real funky design. 
Um, not straightforward. You don't do anything easy. What's the two woods this is made out of? That is ash. And then the centers are what I believe are some type of mahogany. Sure. I mm-hmm. got I got that wood at an estate sale and the house had been uninhabited for like 20 years. Oh, wow. And I went down in the basement and there was this what looked like some type of mahogany. And it's it feels like mahogany, but it's nothing like I've ever worked with before. And it's really old, so I don't know where it came from, but it has a really pretty maroon, turns purple sometimes, and then it turns like an orangey color sometimes. It's real weird. I have no idea what it is. <laughs> so you mentioned earlier that you uh, were playing around in Fusion for the other table and found the curve. What was your design process with this one? Okay, so this one started out as something different. <laughs> this one started out as two stools. Uh, not stools, but like, um, yeah, I guess stools for uh, counter height. And I started making them. And uh, this was actually before I'd learned Fusion 2. And I screwed up really bad. And I was, I, I, I screwed up so bad I couldn't use the lumber. I had to go buy more lumber. And I was like, you know, screw that. And so that motivated me to learn Fusion. And so once I learned Fusion, this was the first design I came up with. And this design was based off of the mistake pieces from the stools. So those legs are actually designed off of parts of the stool. And that's where that arch 10 degree, you know, whole thing came from. So did you already have the legs completed? And then you're like, I had like, I had like two or three of them made and like one of them cut so yeah so i designed it around my mistake <laughs> that's interesting i mean you know they say like the best plumbers bury their work and i think <laughs> the best woodworkers create new things from their problems right yeah, yeah so that's what those are that's cool now Do the center have... section i have no idea where that came from that was just me being weird <laughs> so the, the the way that this table kind of looks it almost looks like they're insert panels that uh that it almost looks like that's the hardware of how this bolts together, like those other different color woods. How, what is the construction underneath the top of the table look like? All right. So the way I have a picture somewhere where it's shooting up and you can see, but uh, the way that that whole bench was made is I cut all of that ash into um, sliver, well, not slivers, but I cut it into little sections. So what I did is that even the base, like that's not like a big dado cut. Everything was cut in, you know, sections. And then I realigned the grain and dominoed everything back together. So that's what allowed me to make those huge gaps that look like they'd be impossible to do. You know, it's really cut into a bunch of sections, you know, then it's staggered a little bit so that the grain aligns again. And then all dominoed back together. And if you look at the picture that's showing from the bottom, that centerpiece on the stretcher right under the seat is actually that mahogany goes all the way through. So between the dominoes and that one piece extending all the way through, that's what, even though it looks like it would collapse if you sit on it, it, it it's pretty stable. You can kind of, we've had three people sit on it. So That's cool. So you feel that it's really important to back that ash up. <laughs> I do. 
I do. <laughs> that was so good. So you worked with Ash, you worked with Mahogany, you worked with Walnut, you worked with Cherry, and you worked with Sapele. What was your favorite wood to work with? Uh, Walnut's the goat. I mean, yeah. Walnut's mm-hmm. the best. Walnut I mean, I hate to say it. I want to be one of those cool people that has, you know, like Kidwell or somebody that's got all that light color wood and it looks perfect. But man, Walnut's great. <laughs> the only thing yeah. that sucks about Walnut is, you know, the grain can get a little wild. I really like straight grain. but. Uh, Walnut's great. It's so it's so nice to work with. One of the things that you see going through, like most of your pieces, is brass. Um, do you think that because of the color, the darker walnut being your favorite, is why you're so drawn to the, the brass accents? No, actually, I like the brass with light colored woods too. <laughs> if you look at the one I call a droid, uh, I actually liked that the brass didn't have a contrast with the maple and the cherry. You know, it wasn't a big contrast, you know. I just like brass. <laughs> I feel like your builds would lend themselves so well to being cha- to, to being chairs. You know, you do so many decorative arches and things like that. Have you ever thought about tackling chairs? So I've I've designed a few chairs, um, but uh, nothing that I definitely want to do yet. Um, I've got a few that are pretty close, but nothing that I... You know, I mean, but I'm comparing myself to uh, Pepe, so <laughs> I, mean, I don't know that I will get a chair that I like enough, but eventually, yes. Eventually, my goal is to do living room lounge chairs and stuff. All right, Jesse, we want to switch gears a little bit, and I want to ask you about the Hyperion chair. Um, that's how I came across your page. So I was kind of curious if you could give the background of how you're involved with that chair and that type of project. I am the secretary. <laughs> okay, <laughs> there we go. All right, so Pepe, I've been a fan of Pepe Lima for a long time, and uh you know, I would comment on his stuff and eventually he followed me and we would talk and he, he's a super nice guy. And uh, just out of the blue, he messages me one night and he's like, hey, I got this idea. You know, I'm going to I'm going to design this chair and just give it to the woodworking community. And to be honest with you, I thought I have no idea what he's talking about, but it's Pepe Lima. So whatever, you know, right. what do you want me to wear? So. <laughs> He kept explaining. I still didn't get it. I really didn't get it until he posted about it. But really what it is, is he's gotten a lot of support from the woodworking community. And he just really likes the woodwork. Like he loves it. He loves, he loves how we all support each other. He just, I think he wants to, you know, come down from his high rise, get in the garage and, you know, hang out with us. But uh, he, uh, he his idea was that he didn't really want it, uh, you know, want it to be a competition. He wanted it to be like something that a lot of people are working on together, and we're all sharing ideas and experiences, and just kind of a way to bring people together, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so he started out designing something like he always does, and I had to talk him down from fabrics and other things that none of us would know how to do so he ended up with this solid wood chair and i i think you know when he showed it to me we both agreed that it's challenging enough 
that it's interesting, but it's still something that a lot of people could, could, you know, had enough skills to do. Yeah. And whenever I saw it, the pictures on from his um, page, it really did remind me of some of the projects that you've done as far as like the way the legs are kind of angled or, or, and, and they also kind of remind me a little well, bit of like. that from me. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I wish. <laughs> uh, but I was also thinking of these, it, to me anyway, they look like a higher end Adirondack chair. Well, I don't know if anybody else sees it that way at all. That's kind of what they are. Uh, okay. They, the design was actually meant to be an outdoor kind of an Adirondack style chair. Uh huh. So, and he was worried about it because it sits real low and he's like, but it's an outdoor chair. And so I, I actually raised mine a little bit. Mine's actually almost regular seat height, but uh, mm. that one, the actual one in the drawings is a little bit lower. I want to say to the top of the seat, it, it was a little bit higher than the average Adirondack chair, but right around the same height. But yeah, it was meant to be an outdoor chair. Okay. And then, cause I know also um, Nick Birchhold, Birchhold, was one that um, I think he's working on one as, as well. How far are you in the process of making yours and what kind of ideas have you had as far as tweaking or adjusting as you've gone? So what's going to end up happening is Nick's going to finish a metal one with CNC tufted seat, and it's going to look as badass as that mallet. And it's <laughs> going to be all over the place. And I started my regular wooden one before him. <laughs> so i am gonna be that's the only competition part i got is nick's gonna make a metal one before i finish a wooden one <laughs> yeah. now how can other folks uh like see the plans or, or how are the other members was it kind of a closed group of folks that received the plans or is this something that others can no. as well Anyone that messages me or messages okay. the Hyperion page uh, will get the link. Pepe didn't want to just leave the link on the page. He's worried about manufacturers, you know, yeah. stealing and just start producing them. Right. But uh, yeah, anybody can message and get the plans. You don't have to be on the page. You know, I'm not, it, you don't have to get your progress posted. There's no time frame when you're going to start. It's not a competition. Anybody can make it. If you want to send in your videos of making it or just a picture of it completed, then that's great too. Just, yeah, it's up to you. You can sell it. You can do whatever you want. It's free. <laughs> that's awesome. And I'm guessing the Hyperion project, That's I saw that on a few different posts. I'm wondering a hashtag like that um, might be where folks could see other folks that have been making this well, there's a there's well. a Hyperion page that me as the secretary is running. I um, gotcha. Along with passing out and pretty much doing everything. Um, is that the Hyperion <laughs> underscore project? It's the Hyperion project 2023 or underscore 2023. Something, okay, something yeah. like that. Hyperion yeah. underscore project 2023. Yeah, that page is where you can watch. And so far, the only stuff we've gotten is me and Nick's. We haven't got, we had, we've had over 50 people ask for the plans, but nobody has, you know, shown any, any progress on it except for us two so far. 
I had a lot of people say, uh, you know, well, I'm going to wait and see, you know, how it goes with you or how you do it. And I've never made a chair. This is my first chair and I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm kind of making it up as I go along. So uh, I wish they'd go on and start because I'd like to see how people are doing these too. <laughs> I think yeah. you had said that you're doing some new techniques and trying some new things with this chair. Uh, did you get a, a panel router or something like that? Yeah. So everything you see me do on any of my videos is most likely the first time I've ever done it. And the video, when you see it, most likely I was doing it 30 minutes before I posted that video. <laughs> <laughs> so for people that don't know, what, what is a panel router? Uh, I'm not a smart guy. I'm probably the worst person to ask. So uh, it's like a pantograph. You know, I, I know that they had the older style ones where you held the handle. But uh, what was his name? Uh, Mathis Waddell or Waddell. He was the Matthias, Canadian yeah. YouTuber. He uh, invented it. Uh, he made a wooden one and then someone, Panna Router, bought it and made this metal one. But you, you know, you can do mortise and tenon super fast and accurate. You can do box joints. You can do dovetails. It's just a really, you can do, um, like I was practicing in the video, you can do half flaps, you can do bridle joints, and everything is just precise and so easy to do. It's a super expensive machine, but it's better, in my opinion, than uh, a domino. I think it's more useful than a domino. Well, well then again, you heard I just it here got first. it. So. Send, send your <laughs> hate mail to Jesse so, Hale. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All these special guys. Pick it up and put it in like weird places like the dumb. <laughs> so, Jesse, I think yeah. we've gotten to the part of the podcast we like to call this or that, where we give our guests some different options and kind of feel out who they are. The first one I want to ask you is, in your opinion, what is the perfect size for a CNC? Uh, as big as you can fit. <laughs> I think I would agree with that one. Uh, the <laughs> next one, you've mentioned Star Wars a few times. If you were to join the the Force, would you be a dark side or a light side guy? Uh, I got to be a Jedi. I mean, I think I know it's cool to be the bad guys. The Hero's Quest. Man, I want to be a Jedi. <laughs> All right, so we've talked about tables and chairs. What's another piece of furniture you've always been interested in giving a try? I want to make big, you know, like credenzas, you know, like the ones yeah. that really impress people, you know? When, you know, yeah. when people are scrolling through, they see those big walnut credenzas and they're, oh, you know, that's what I want, you know? Yeah, I'm with and you And all I got to do, all I got to do is make what I'm making just bigger. Yeah, make, <laughs> yeah. Nail three of those tables together. You got yeah, something. Yeah, exactly. Before we started recording, you and I were talking about workshops. I was wondering, what's your favorite aspect of your workshop? And then one thing you wish you could change. Uh, favorite aspect is my decor and then one thing i would change is like a dummy i got the um i think it's called swiss track flooring or whatever it's the diamond plated plastic tile things mm -hmm. which i put them down and i'm like oh this is so cool it's like being inside this is great and then i went to roll something across it. oh and, it's and i was like oh oh this is stupid and they're oh. super expensive too <laughs> That's some good tips for people. Speaking of decor, your first post on Instagram is of some skateboards up on the wall. Were you a skateboarder? Yeah, I was. I was 
addicted to skateboarding as a kid. So my last question is, who's cooler, the skateboarder or the surfer? Skateboarder. Yeah, I I agree with that. (laughs) (laughs) Austin, do you have anything to say that? Yeah, get the fuck out of here. (laughs) Oh, he lives near the beach. (laughs) I did some BMX, too. They're pretty cool. (laughs) How about rollerblading? Did you have your Jinkos? No, I did did do Jinkos, but I didn't do rollerblading. That's cool. So we have one question that uh, we ask everybody that comes on the podcast. We call it the three tools question. And if you were going to start your workshop over again from scratch, what would be your first three tools that you would acquire? So I I had time to think about this one and it changed. But first three things I would have to have is a split unit, AC. Oh, good one. That's a great one. Yeah. A table saw and a CNC. Yeah, you nice. can do anything with air conditioning. Yes. yes. <laughs> I sit out there and think about what I'm going to put in there when I finally get the money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Jesse, why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you in Shinobi Tree? On Instagram. And on, I recently got on TikTok. Um, so on there. And then uh, Instagram forced me to be on the other one. What's it called? Uh, Threads. Threads. Okay. Well, I'd say they tricked me. <laughs> and then if anybody's interested in the Hyperion Chair Project, again, that's Hyperion Project 2023? Yes. No. They can go there or they can just message me directly and I'll send them a link. We've got a link with uh, everything you would need. It's and We've even got it to where you can print out from home, you know, hmm. one-to-one on pages and put it together and make your templates so you can print a full size one off your home printer. Yeah, it's awesome. Wow. It's a good looking chair. I think I'm gonna uh, take a crack at this. It, it's the few things that are hard have turned out to be a little harder than I thought, but uh, they're not too bad. Uh, the da- I, but you know that that's the other thing I didn't really explain is Pepe didn't really want everybody to make it exactly like the plans. You know, sure. It, it's really meant for everybody to just kind of make their you know put their own little twist on it. You know. Now he wanted me to make it by the plans because I'm the secretary and I'm I'm the one that's going to make it by the plan so that he has one that's made by the plan. Basically Pepe's bitch, but uh, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, you, you're supposed, he wants people to kind of add their own flair to it and do it however they want, you know? So he was hoping to see a bunch of different styles of it, you know? Yeah, well, I'm so no, if there's uh, something you're scared of doing on it, just do it differently. <laughs> yeah, I'm no birch toll, but I got a stack of cypress back here wanting to be turned into a chair. Oh, so. So yeah, I thought about cypress. I was going to use cypress. They just didn't have any good pieces when I went. And I got all this walnut I got to get rid of. Well, awesome, Jesse. We can't wait to see how the chair comes out. And thank you so much for coming on. All right. I thank you guys. And please edit out anything stupid I said. And I appreciate you having me on. <laughs> thanks so much man all right thank you guys bye we like to say thanks to our middle tier patrons we've got tony langer from langer works brenda mcdonough from mcdonough design susan duplantis from hearth and garden art stephanie taddeo kyle with footwork woodworking and greg with platte valley woodwork austin in q1 we talked about the new pawpaw ridge shirt and i know when we had your dad on a few weeks ago we discussed him trying to figure out a logo and all that stuff and I really liked Shinobi Tree's logo and, you know, drinking Maker's Mark over here. I just thought, why don't we talk about Maker's Marks and maybe highlight a few logos that we've seen in the community that we really like. And then maybe at the end, we kind of critique our own logos and things we like about them 
and things we don't. Um, so why don't you go first? Let's go round robin. Just give one. Mm-hmm. We'll each give one and kind of keep passing it. So what's one logo that's in the community that you just kind of like? I'll go first. The my favorite Sawblade logo out of the fifteen zillion Sawblade logos right. is mm-hmm. Matt Voltner's, which I think he's changed it now. But he had one, and it was like the single star for Texas and a couple stripes. And yeah. inside the, I think that that was a really good looking, especially for Saw. It was a good looking Saw logo. Hits. He's got yeah. it on some hats, and that was one of the maker hats that I made sure to get. I always did like that logo. I know he's leaned into the glasses beard look. I even yep. made some stamps for him that had that look on it. Uh, and I think he probably thought, just like you alluded, there's so many Sawblade logos out there. How do I go that? And he's got his own podcast that he's got branding with as well. But uh, I'm with you. That was one that kind of stood out. All right. What about you, Christy? All right. Well, if we're going to start with the Sawblade theme logos, one of them on my list was Birch Toll Designs because it, there doesn't even have to be words on it. You see his initials, the Sawblade, the wood grain, the color, boom, you know, that's Nick Birch Toll. And he puts that on his when he's CNCing it on or whatever. Yeah, it's an easy one for him to incorporate into all his pieces. It's crazy. It's like a, such a uh, juxtaposition of like a guy that makes the most metal, yeah, the most complex stuff. stuff, and then has a super simple logo. You know, so I like that. That uh, you you see that logo and you're like, oh, this is just like a guy in his garage, and then you see what he's making, you're like, okay, maybe not. <laughs> you know, this is so interesting hearing y'all say this because I actually did think about Birch Tolls as well. That's one that it's instantly recognizable, but making stamps. You hate anything with wood grain in it. Oh yeah, because for it's sure. so oh, hard yeah. to to get that in the laser. Now a CNC, I'm sure a burning laser. Uh, if you're lasering onto something, fine. But to get the rubber to remove those, um, I had a lot of problems over the years with a wood grain pattern ones. Yeah, I could see where like enough rubber wouldn't go away, and the ink would bridge, like it would bridge yeah. that gap. Yeah. So let me give you another one. Uh, you'll start off negative to give a compliment. Back years ago when we started this you know, community and these relationships, I never understood Emmett's dead rise with the boat. Like I didn't understand what it stood for. And I'm sure there was a story behind it. I'm sure there was a reason, but it and what he did, and I just couldn't put it together. And then he asked me to make him a branding iron. And I was like, there ain't no way I'm making a branding iron of a boat. But he had this really neat design that's his initials, the E and the N. But it's basically an N with two lines that come off kind of in the middle of the vertical. So it's the negative of the E and then the N is a positive. So it it reminded me of like a cattle brand. It's super simple. Uh, cool. It's one of the best, one of my favorite branding irons I ever made because the way it, it just came out, it works. And, and again, so imagine an N and on that initial vertical, there's two lines that come out to the side and that's the negative of the inside of the E. And right. So it's like a capital E next to a capital N. Uh, it's a really, really cool logo. I really like it. That's cool. cool. Yeah. I, I, haven't, I haven't seen that logo, but I always see his boat one. And I'm like, that must dead rise. It must be some nautical term that nobody knows. <laughs> or we who know knows? Emmett and who knows? You know? Yeah. What a freak. All right. Austin. <laughs> I'm not cutting that. Christian. Austin, what's another one? No, you like? I know. I know. Um, so house, you know, of course, house, uh, even though, uh, I have to, you know, poo-poo on him a lot, but uh, I love his branding. He he does. He's one yeah. of the people 
who does a good job all the way through everything is branded really well. Um, like when you look at something, you're like, Oh, that's his, you know, like you, it's mm-hmm. easily recognizable as his. So I like and how the- he's got multiple iterations too. He's got the hard work, the good luck yes. one. He's good got luck. all the different ones like that. Uh, I actually just stickered a new Yeti ice chest and I, I got it. two different versions of house logos. I put on it. Yeah. He does good with keeping fresh, you know, new stickers, new, new teas, new stuff. And, you know, that's, I think a lot of people like the longer they're in business, yeah. you, you tend to slack on, on, you know, like our old designs are good enough and and he's constantly staying fresh, which yeah, it's not bad for such an old man. Right. Exactly. For somebody who's like way <laughs> over the hill. Yeah. All right, Christy, what do you have for a second? All right. Um, I'm going to go with one of our friends because, well, okay. Um, Justin bear naked because That's a good one. I almost bought his that logo one. ties in with what he stands for, what his color is. You talk about somebody who has married his color, literally married in the suit, the color of his logo. Um, he is full bore connected to his logo. And, um, and yeah, you see that. And he's got shirts that go, you know, I make things with my bare hands kind of thing. So, you know, he is, he is fully committed into his logo. I appreciate that. Yeah. So I I like his as well. But what, you know what I don't like is after high caliber camp, me finding 75 stickers of his all over my workshop, hidden in locations. (laughs) (laughs) Well played. Well played. So I've got one that I thought this was very interesting. This was one I got in a sticker swap. And when the sticker came in, I was like, oh, man, what a great look. I wrote it down as one I wanted to bring up. And then when I checked his page, he hasn't posted since January of 2022. So over a year. Oh, Um, so I don't know if he's just doing other things or or moved on. But the account was so catastrophe creations, but it's Casa, C-A-S-A dash trophy creations. And what his logo is, it's the plume from a bomb explosion. And it, so it's a catastrophe. You know, it's like just the plume from a bomb explosion with Casa Trophy creations. It's unique. There, nobody else is shaped like that. When you see it from a distance, you go, I know which sticker that is because I know the shape of it. Um, it's simple, but at the same time, unique. I always really, really liked it. And uh, I, I hope I hope he's doing okay. I mean, he hadn't posted in a while, but I love his sticker. That's cool. Yeah, I actually was on your page yeah. today scrolling through some of your old stamp photos yeah i don't even know why so for some reason i I was like i need to look at ding's page with all these old logos and uh, because you were i mean there was a i used to post them all yeah yeah it was crazy when i made yeah and there was some really clean i there was one that stood out and like now i can't of course remember the name but it was like kind of like a more old like western kind of thing with some filigree looking stuff and uh and that one was cool but um little derail there but <laughs> the person that i would choose for the next one is uh odin Le- odin leather goods yeah. have you ever seen him yeah. and it's not for his yeah. main logo but it's for, i like his branding like when you look at all of his stuff you can see it's like a theme it all kind of fits with that yeah almost like a old trader post kind of artwork stuff you know or yeah he definitely embraces that like small texas town Right. Kind of craftsperson uh, across all his stuff. He's got a good one. Yeah. And if you look at his store, his store, like 
I would want to buy everything in that store. Like it was, you know, he does a really good job with that. And yeah, have you ever seen his pennants? Like yeah. he does like old school pennants. And man, I'm like, that man, that was another one. Like, I, I talked about that two years ago. Like, man, I really want to do felt pennants, but I say a lot of shit and I don't do any of them. In a Glowforge <laughs> cut felt, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that'd be cool. Why don't you do that? That's like, let's do uh, it this weekend. Yeah. I'll send you some This logos. weekend, we're doing it. The wrap, <laughs> my, my bread truck would be a cool one. What you got, Christy? What's your third one? All right. There are a lot. And I'm trying to make up my mind on what's my last of the three. Ben Butler. Butler built. Because I almost chose him. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if the bow tie is supposed to be because it's butler. I'm assuming that is, yeah. but it's yeah. ties the woodworking of using bow ties with his last name. And it is a it's a diff, it's not a circle, it's not a square. It's something unique, but yet it ties back into the into the maker or the woodworking um, world, and he, he can have a variety of stickers and all that kind of stuff from what he uses. So, um, so yeah, I think uh, my third third one would be uh, Ben Butler's. Yeah, when I was I did the mallet for him, the uh, leather mallet mall. And uh, when I etched it, his logo on the ferric chloride with the ferric chloride, it came out really good. And it's such a unique design. So when you with all those weird kind of angles that the logo is, it really catches the light on a piece of brass really well. So it's a it's a cool logo. My third one. I mean, I can't think of a better logo when it just embodies the person and it's the wooden mustache. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The guy's got a great mustache. He leans mm -hmm. into it. When we did the Christmas giveaway, he sent in wooden mustache ornaments. It makes a great sticker. It's unique shape. Everyone knows, instantly recognizable. Uh, I think the wooden mustache branding and what he's done with that, uh, that handlebars, really, really cool logo. Yeah, I agree. It's a, uh, and it's like you say, it's instantly recognizable from across the room. And that, that's really, really, that's what's important, right? That from across right. the room, people are like, oh, I know who that is. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Yep. I think those were nine really good ones. And then I thought maybe we'd take a second. Should we critique our own or should we uh, let the other people critique? I think we've done this once, but uh, yeah. it doesn't hurt to rehash some yeah, things. Yeah, let's, let's let each other also critique. Okay, and so we can critique our own too. I'll talk about mine and then let y'all each say whatever you want, if it's positive or negative. So my logo, Pro. I love just the Duplantis script version of my logo. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just that by itself. Con, I made a round logo that I like a lot and I like as a sticker. But what I messed up was I used these really thin letters and I have all this really small text and all these really complicated screws with the threads. And so anytime I try to make a shirt or I try to make a sign or anything with the round logo, all those little bitty thin letters that were completely unnecessary, don't really add any value, make it extremely complicated to work with. Right. That's that's the yeah. I love the way your logo looks like like a patch or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. But when I look at it, it's so hard to tell what the because when you shrink it down yeah. then you're like, what what is this little thing? You know, right. you can't you can't tell. That's the, really the only problem with it. Um but when you have it as big as like it is on your back of your wall, you're like, right. oh, this looks great. But you even know? that was right. an mf -er, all the threads on those screws. And actually right. that design, I used to have more. I think I have Houston, Texas on it. And um, I have Modify Everything. But the font I used had all these serifs on it. 
And that's why I was like, no more serif, sans serif only, because all these little tails make weeding or picking so much more difficult sure. getting rid of all this. But uh, I do like it as a logo. I'm proud that I made it from the beginning. I've never really changed it a lot. So uh, I'm a big fan of it. But those were some things I take away. The thin letters, the serifs, the small details that make weeding anything on the cricket or uh, even on the laser a pain in the ass. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty- so I I have so many logos now, <laughs> uh, but mainly I use my circle with the HCC. Yeah, I, I love it. Um, That's your best one. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, it just if it works so well. But I will say this: I've been diving back, doing all my T-shirts like we've been talking about in Q1, and man, I had such cooler, right, different shaped logos right. back then than I do now, and I don't even. I guess. I think Instagram basically made it yeah. makes you go circle, you know, makes and, you go and circle. I don't, yeah. makes you go digital, you know, so your HCC logo, what's great about it. It's no matter what way direction it is, it's the same because uh-huh. it's invertible. Um, right. It's very simple. It shrinks extremely well. Like right. you can go so small with it. It's still de- definable. You know what you're looking at. You know, mine to plan is so long that by the right. time you sh- shrink the width, the height is nothing. Yours shrinks so well, it scales so well, but it's a digital logo. And right, right, if you're making a shirt and if you've got your Rat Fink truck logo with Austin in these swoopy letters, that's a cooler shirt than right. just this plain HCC. But digitally, it's a great digital logo. Right. Yeah. And that's that's the problem with those old logos. Like, same thing. I've been trying to shrink them to like do some laser. I was like, I'll just do some laser stuff. And they don't look, they don't work as well. Right. Same thing as yours. Like it gets real thin in spots. And I've tried so hard to come up with a smaller version. If it's just the D or if it's so I need to come up, maybe it's just Dean, you know, maybe I go from Duplantis to Dean for the small one with the same style letters. I don't mm. know, but a small logo would be clutch if I could figure it out. Yeah, I think so. What about you? Yeah. Christe? Well, I think mine's hard to, it's hard to see what the important part about it is. The twine, the twisted twine is, should be the emphasis. And it's um, a stamp maker's nightmare. Yeah. And that's why I don't have t-shirts or hats or patches or anything else. Um, because I think it would just be tricky to be able to do it, you know, do that kind of detail. And I've not, you know, put any effort into making any changes on it. I love it, but it's hard to put on things you right. know because it is you know twisted twine around a couple pieces of wood and that's exactly what the twine stands for um but as far as it getting out there on things that's where it's kind of become a hurdle it's kind of it's kind of like dean's like if you blew it up gigantic it's gonna right. look cool if you right. shrinking it down is nightmare yeah. speaking of matt yeah. boltner one of the first signs i had was uh he and I did a swap. I bought some melamine from him and then I had an in cut and he had just gotten that new stepcraft CNC. So I gave him my off cuts back in exchange for, he made me a sign with part of it. And so it's, it's only 12 inches tall, but it's three feet long, you know, mm, right. It's yeah. a great looking sign, but it looks great big. But when you go small, you got to have a flexible logo. And just, and again, you know, we were talking earlier about how everyone's going to their face for their, Instagram picture, or whatever. Right. It's hard to fit the word Duplantis in 
a, a box a like that would be nice if you had a small circular logo. Yeah. yeah. You almost As, need to, to plan us in a circle. Oh, yeah. You know. But then you got to be able to. Sometimes if you're reading in a circle, I think it's kind of hard to, you know, where does that lie? Because sure. I know like for my accounting side, Steinman Accounting Services, I still need to finalize getting a logo there. I don't think it's going to be anything, you know, there's not going to be any saw blades. Yeah, we've got the sash you need. Steinman Accounting <laughs> Services, we've got the sash you need. Right. It should be like a bullwhip. We're gonna yeah. get you in line. <laughs> okay, I'll 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 look into that. <laughs> Dude, have you ever thought about uh doing a mascot for you as a manis, like Deplanus Manus? Like a praying manis? Yeah. No, I'll have to check in with uh the manis carver and see if he'll let me uh hijack so, his logo. I used to have a surfboard model that I made and it was called the Mantis Egg because it was like an egg-shaped surfboard. Yeah, and it was we had a, the logo was a praying manis holding an egg. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually a really cool logo. So I've got one, uh, Wasp and Walrus. They have really cool stickers. And uh, they have a sticker that it's Wasp is like the top of the body and Walrus is the bo- the words. And I was like, mm. uh, you could do Deplanus like the body and then have all like the arms and stuff coming off. Yeah. And I could have a run of Deplanus Manus stickers. I've got the stamp stickers. I've got the ones that I put uh, stamps and shit. And then I got embarrassed that my stickers had a curse word on them. So I made the same version of the stamp that says modify everything instead. And then I've got the round stamp stickers in yellow, silver, black, purple. And now I have purple sparkly, which Chrissy, you should have got some of those in the mail today. I don't know if you looked at them all. And uh, um, those are kind of cool. And then the bar logos I have in black and white and chrome and black. Yeah, I knew you'd like it. I sent a few extra oh. for y'all. Yeah. So I, I had always black and white, black. I think I like black logos. And one day I just was like, you know, I'm gonna do some purple and gold ones. I'm like, oh man, this is, I know it's, I'm genetically predisposed to liking those colors, but I thought they came out sharp, sharp. They are. So oh, yes. but then those I've got the, I've got the special. hearing protection required stickers. That's the skull. And I've got the uh, eye protection required skull stickers that I made shirts of that one. But I still want to do like, if I do some t-shirts, I'd like to do a safety garbage patch kit. So like just like a garbage patch kid, but with safety gear on doing something they shouldn't be doing. I think that'd be pretty slick. I'm just not talented enough to make that. Yeah. You have to hire somebody for, for that kind of like, that's pretty detailed. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? You can start up your stamp line again and call it, uh, Dean, the plan is the manis. We eat the heads off the, off the competition. Okay. I like it. <laughs> Thanks for joining us today. If you like this episode, please give us a review and subscribe. We'd love to hear from you. So reach out to us on Instagram at Making Our Way Podcast or on Patreon. You can find all of our latest individual content on Instagram or YouTube. I'm at High Caliber Craftsman. Dean is at Dean underscore Duplantis. And Christy is at Twisted Twine Woodworking. Lick it, stick it, see you later. Bye. We like to say thanks for our patrons. Over on the first tier, we've got Jacob from Griffin Bakes, Jacob from Other Dog Design, Keith Drennan from Blackthorn Concepts, Eric from Overall Makerworks, Jeff Stein, a weird guy, Dave Bauer, Caitlin Landerno, Morley Kurt, Doug Grant Alexander, Jen Griffin, the Black Sheep, Brian from Moonshine Leatherworks, Makeshift Podcast, Maritime Knife Supply, Jay-Z and D from Just My DIY, Henry from H21 Metalworks, 
Brad Harrison from Brad's Custom, Steve Delaney from One Old School Pirate, Kelsey Watson, Dan Gallagher from Goofballs by Dan, Chris Powell from Full Steam Design, Stephanie and Waffles, Matthew from Artigino Sorio, and Rebecca Johansson and Ira Housework. 